Hello and welcome to ROI, Relevant or Irrelevant, the radio show where events of history are examined through the discussion of books, journal articles, papers, and presentations. Then historians and history buffs ask the question, what is relevant or irrelevant in today's world? My name is Jay Swords. And my name is Rick Sweet. This is the podcast segment of the show that is not broadcast on station KALA. Our guest for this 381st show is Ryan Sadler, Associate Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at our beloved St. Ambrose University, who will be talking to us about the Black experience in Davenport. Our history, history buff is Ed Broders. And Ed, you once again get to start us off. Thanks again, Rick. Um, Ryan, in a lot of the uh, larger northern cities um, prior to World War II, when there was still a fair amount of segregation, a lot of the, um, the black enclaves, which of course would have been larger than Davenport, um, but because of segregation, there were educated people there. They, there were black doctors, black lawyers, black teachers, professors, black merchants, um, was the black neighborhood in, in Davenport, and I'll just say pre-World War II, was it large enough to have that same type of um, character? Not uh, not to the effect as, as you describe where you had, um, we, we, we had those individuals in the community, but not to the point where it was self-reliant upon uh, where one could rely on or depend on the, the, the doctor or the educator or whatnot. I mean, there was, um, we, we didn't, you didn't have that. You, you had this sense of blacks living in this segregated area. But you have to also have to understand that there were individual blacks who lived outside of the, those areas, even though redlining was in place, because they had white individuals who um, went <laughs> and uh, did everything but signed the paperwork in order for the home. So, so you had that as well. And so you had some, some who were well off and could do something, uh, do some things like living in, in other places, afford it. Yeah. I actually, I actually have a friend who's, uh, um, grew up on a little, a little acreage South. If you're a black friend, um, and whose father was able to acquire this small piece of land through what's known as a straw man purchase. Yes, sure. Sure. Um, yeah. Um, Rick. Yeah, Ryan, uh, the, um, I may, may shoot uh, uh, further into history to contemporary times. You mentioned in the broadcast segments that, uh, that the motivation for bringing, for bringing uh, uh, people up from Kentucky and, and uh, Missouri and some other places was the misery index in, the, in Davenport was considerably less than it was in the South. Uh, what, uh, how, how would you typify the, if I'm going to call it the misery index of the 1800s, what is that index like now? You know, the, uh, from let's say 1990 to uh, just before the election coming up. <laughs> well, you, you know, there's definitely a lot more opportunity. America is different. Um, in a lot of ways, but we're we're similar in a lot of ways as well. Uh, the covert racism that is experienced is is astronomical. One of the things in the black community is the village is no longer intact. Again, 
at least in that period of time, segregation. And there's those there are those who, who argue um, that we fought for integration um, of of where we live and we really and and can bank and all those things when we should have really fought for integration on our economic system. Um, and and those were, you know, um, so I, I, I think the covert kind of pieces of racism, who to trust, who, who can you trust, who can you not trust, the mental piece of that I want people to understand is, is significant um, and, it's, and it is damaging to, to individuals just to show up as their authentic selves. Um, again, I think at a time in, 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 in history of uh, late 19th century and um, turn of century here in, in Davenport, at least you knew where people stood. Um, for the most sure. part, and uh, as we as we move through time, you don't know who you can trust or can't trust, um, and it and it again that is damaging and that is uh, trauma inducing if we want to call it that. Sure. Okay. Um, I'm going to kind of piggyback onto that because I was thinking about posts about civil war, civil rights, excuse me, <laughs> civil rights and post civil rights. So I was thinking about 60s, 70s, and 80s in Davenport, um, you know, where we are not a big city. We certainly are nobody's um, cutting edge of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so, so how did those experiences play out in, in Davenport? Were they muted here because there just wasn't large um, enclaves or there weren't, you know, huge riots or some of the other things that went along or protests or were they really strong and, and powerful? And then my follow-up question, and this is, I may be the last one, okay. the, the last question you get, um, would be, you know, how are things playing out now as as we look at Black Lives Matter and some of the other kinds of movements that have come along here in the last, what, eight, nine, ten yeah. months, maybe yeah. a year or so. Yeah. Kind of fill us in on where things are. Well, let me just, real, real quick, um, 1916, there was a, a two-week showing of the birth of a nation here in Davenport. 1920s, the KKK had a march here in Davenport. Okay, so then you, you move so then you moved to the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and you had a real strong presence of the Diocese of Davenport really looking and fighting for injustices. So we're, we're, we're after the war. Now we have this huge influx of Mexican Americans who were segregated to live uh, in Western Davenport and also in Bettendorf, who's now de- developed as a, as a city um, and, and in Silvis and, and so forth. Uh, so you, you have these components in place, which, which brought um, also a Catholic faith with them as well. And so you had individuals and you had the, the, this uh, movement within the, the Catholic Church to start these, these components really to looking at how are we treating people. And so we have the rise of the Catholic Interracial Council, which was, uh, I have different feelings about that, uh, no time to go into that, but, uh, but it was this piece where you had individuals who were really looking at and fighting for the uh, against those injustices in our society? They they went into survey community um, and they challenged the city of Davenport on living conditions for Hispanics and um, out, out west and the living conditions and the um, housing uh, redlining in Davenport downtown Davenport. So there there were there were difference makers there. 
we believe, I believe so solely, and I had a conversation with Father Marv Mata before he passed away, we believe that there, there was a reason why there was no major riots in Davenport, Iowa, um, after Dr. King's assassination. And that was because you had the Catholic Interracial Council working within the community. They met down at Charles Tony and, and his wife Antony's barbershop and beauty salon. They met regularly to uh, strategize what they should be doing in this community uh, to help build this community, to help fight against the injustices that were going on. So you had um, the black, you had Hispanic, and you had white Catholics who were, and some of the blacks and Hispanics, of course, were Catholic as well, but working together uh, many times in secret, (laughs) um, but working together to combat against these injustices. We have some of that now. We do not have enough of that now. When we look around in the Quad Cities and we look around the nation, we see, even in the 60s, um, we see the the a large number of of white americans out protesting and fighting and i get the question often why don't we see so many black people out there at the protest and and out there fighting this fight is as a fight against racism and racism is not anything that black people started and racism is anything that black people can can end it starts and ends with white people so that's that's where we are. We're we're here. We are we are definitely affected by it. Um, so we continue to fight and do our our components uh, with promoting uh, like black business owners and pushing um, the education and, and equitable practices in our school systems. Um, you know, we still see tremendous disparities uh, throughout our school district and our school system, throughout housing, throughout health um, and benefits and. I mean, the list goes on. So we continue to fight those things, but we need uh, corporate America. We need everyday citizens to understand that these are issues that we can all win. All right. We would like to thank our guest for this 381st show, Ryan Sadler, Associate Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at St. Ambrose University, who talked to us about the black experience in Davenport. The history buffs for today's show were Rick Sweet and Ed Broders. You can listen to ROI as it's being broadcast on Friday nights on KALA HD2, 88.5 FM and 106.1 FM in the Quad City region at 9.30 p.m. You can also listen to the show as it's being broadcast on TuneIn.com. Put KALA HD2 in the search box and look for ROI. Many of our previously recorded shows can be heard at SoundCloud.com. Just put KALA Radio in the search, click on the first icon, and scroll down to find ROI shows. You can also find ROI on all of your favorite streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. ROI is recorded at station KALA St. Ambrose University.